Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. Hi, it's Francis Godwin. I hope you enjoy listening to this edition of the Arsenal Audio Program. Premier League, Sunday, March 11th, 2018, Arsenal vs Watford, kickoff 1.30pm. The contents, the boss, Arsene Wenger, the captain, Per Mertesacker, voice of Arsenal, player feature, Danny Welbeck, youth, young gun, Vlad Drogomir, woman, unseen Arsenal, community, Museum. Match action Arsenal versus Manchester City. 1998. Visitors Watford. Match action Brighton versus Arsenal. Pressure points. Snow. Club culture. My story. Teams. The boss, Arsene Wenger. How the team can build on Thursday's confidence boosting win in Milan. Arsene was talking to Josh James. I was pleased with our performance against Milan for a couple of different reasons. In the first half, we attacked really well. Despite being in a difficult position psychologically, we managed to take responsibility and go for it. After that, in the second half, we showed that after going 2-0 up, we can protect a result and keep a clean sheet. That was basically a consequence of our first-half efforts. Henrik Mkhitaryan scored his first goal for us, and Masut Ozil added two more assists. They are combining well, and I always think when you have a good understanding of the game, you can always play together. That's a little bit the art of combining. That is anticipation and technical quality. I could never really understand the idea that good players could not play together, which basically is what people were saying. But of course... It has not to be detrimental to the defensive balance. We are a team who wants to express offensive talents, so we have to sacrifice as well when we don't have the ball. Our midfield had to be very disciplined on Thursday. We had a game plan which was, of course, based on the positioning of Ramsey, Sharker and Wilshire on the field. They had their defensive responsibilities to give us stability, and I believe they did a great job of doing that. From that basis we protected our defenders better, and also from that basis we were dangerous going forward, because we won balls in the midfield, often down to their great work. Those three are also creative players, and why should you restrict your offensive potential? If you are a great football player, you love to have the ball. But to have the ball, you first have to win it, 
so I don't see why a good offensive player should not be good defensively as well. It's basically that one is the consequence of the other. Thursday's game was a good start for us to rebuild, and we have two more big games this week to keep the momentum going. We play today and Thursday, then we don't play again for more than two weeks, so we need to use these next two matches to rebuild our certainties before that break. There is only one way to do that, is to be consistent. The turnaround time between our last game and today is short, so certainly I will have to rotate some players, but it's important for us to continue to win and to build some momentum. We have faced some big criticism lately and that hurts. Of course it hurts. But first of all, what hurts is not getting the results you want to have. That's the biggest pain that you face. You are disappointed with yourself because you set an expectation level for your results and suddenly you cannot produce it. That is the biggest pain. After that, criticism is part of the fact that we don't win the games. Then there is just one way to respond, which is what we did in Milan. That's to be together, to show our pride and character and desire to play for the club. We face another big challenge today because Watford have got some good results against us lately. But let's not forget we have beaten them as well, and also there were some special circumstances in our defeat away to Watford earlier this season. I believe we were very unlucky that day, because some decisions really went against us in the game at a time when we looked to be quite in control. That's one of the difficulties we have faced generally as well this season away from home. When decisions have gone against us, we could not respond well to it. So that's what we want to show today. We have to show that when we are in a game, we can put things right. We have to show that no matter what happens on the pitch, we can respond to the situation we face and win the game. I mentioned the criticism we have received recently, and of course we got that after the Watford game earlier this season too. Sometimes that can motivate you, but what we want to do on a longer term is to make sure that the substance of your game is how you want it to be. You cannot only respond to exterior stimulation, because that can't happen every week. What we want to do is win football games and win them in the way we want to play, and long term that comes from within the group and from within our own motivation. Sometimes exterior stimulus can help, but the core of our motivation has to come from within the group, within what we want to achieve, and from within how we want to play football. Our job is to look at ourselves, and today what we want to do is just to win our home game, because it's important for us to win in the Premier League again. As far as team news is concerned, Seat Kolasinac went off with an ankle problem on Thursday, but we will make a late decision on him for today's game. Callum Chambers had cramps, because he played in a position which he is not used to for a centre-back. He should be OK, though. Nacho Monreal is recovering well and could be available for next Thursday. Hector Bellerin missed the Milan game. We don't know when he will be back yet but he is not available today. Alexandre Lacazette returned to running this week and will be back after the international break. On behalf of the team, thanks for your support in Italy and enjoy the game today.
concur on maintaining the standard set on Thursday in Milan. I think our performance in Milan on Thursday was definitely needed to prove to ourselves that we could win away from home, that we could have a good position in terms of the next leg and that we can get back to winning ways. That's a feeling that we haven't had for a while. There are a lot of reasons why we were happy after Thursday's result, but the main thing is that we don't switch off now. We have more games coming and we need to make sure that we can prove ourselves again in the best way, which is by following the standard that we set on Thursday. First and foremost, we need to take care of our own goal and stop conceding. No matter what happens, no matter what mistakes happen, we need someone to jump in and help out. On that front, we did a really good job in Milan, a very professional job, especially in the second half, in the way we defended. We switched our priority a little away from keeping the ball. We knew we could trust each other in the positions we occupied to keep the ball away from our goal. The way we executed some of those chances before half-time was brilliant, and that is something we need to understand. No matter what we do offensively, if we are in the right positions, I think we have the players who can find another player in a good situation to be dangerous in attack. That was something that stood out on Thursday. We realised in the second half that we didn't have much possession, or we couldn't keep it very well, so we decided to defend our goal by not giving them any chances. That was more of the priority after the break, and I like that we can switch between OK, let's try to keep possession no matter what, to OK, let's clear the ball rather than putting ourselves in dangerous situations. Just recognising that sometimes, and playing to our strengths as well, whether that's as a defensive-minded team who restricts chances or a creative attacking team, can be a real benefit to us. On the subject of our defence, I wanted to praise Callum Chambers, who was excellent. He was stepping into those positions and just prioritising what was important. For him, in that position, it was just about making sure that they didn't get into dangerous situations with Hakan Kalanugu, who has strong finishing ability. It was about keeping him away from goal and ensuring that he couldn't take any shots. It's just about identifying what the priority is. Sometimes it's not what you're supposed to do, but what the team needs in that moment. We serve the team's needs in a perfect sense, and that is what we have to take on board. It doesn't always go our way, or the way we want to play, the way our fans want to see us playing. But when it's successful, everyone understands that sometimes the approach needs to be different. If we can get our passing game going, or our defensive-minded game going, as long as everyone is on board and willing to sacrifice for his partner, we can be effective. That's what we've shown and the result came with it. Everyone is happy after it. The team is happy, more confident in defence and more confident ahead of the second leg. Let's keep the momentum going. That's something we've identified, so let's start with intensity today and build on that result in Milan. We're not on a break now. We need to keep our foot on the gas to continue to grow and understand what the game demands. We should focus on the game and look at what has made us strong this season, especially at home. That was the intensity from the start. Let's isolate the game and think, how can we make ourselves better? How can we put ourselves in the best position to win? because that's got to be our focus. Watford are a tough team, and we suffered away against them, so we should take that on board and think what our strengths are and how we can approach the game in the best way. 
then we've got to execute it. And that's going to be the key. We can't be shy. We need to learn to adapt to what the game demands quickly. We did that fantastically in Milan by scoring two and then understanding what the game demanded. Watford are a good side and we should be aware of their toughness when we focus and concentrate on ourselves and how we can influence the game the way we want to. I think we put ourselves in a great position. That should really be the focus. Thanks for your support. Per was talking to Nick Brumsack. Voice of Arsenal. A first for Mickey. Congratulations to Henrik Mkhitaryan on his first goal for Arsenal Football Club. Scoring against AC Milan in the San Siro is not a bad way to get off the mark. The Armenian becomes the 501st different player to score for the club in its long and auspicious history. Meanwhile, Aaron Ramsey struck his 54th goal for the Gunners, extending his lead at the top of the career goal scoring charts of our current players. Mazut Ozil is next in line with 37 goals. Mickey is Player of the Month. Further congratulations to Henrik Mkhitaryan. Our new number seven has capped his first full month as an Arsenal player by winning our February Player of the Month award. The Armenia International began the month in scintillating form, creating three goals in our 5-1 win over Everton. He provided two more assists to help us to a 3-0 victory away at Osterlands in the Europa League. In fact, Mkhitaryan averaged an assist every 65.8 minutes in February. Mkhitaryan received almost three-quarters of the votes cast, with Nacho Monreal and Aaron Ramsey finishing in second and third place respectively. And Pierre wins goal of the month. Pierre-Emerick Aubignon, first struck in an Arsenal shirt, has been voted as our goal of the month for February. The Gabon International opened his Gunners account on his debut, racing onto Henrik Mkhitaryan's through ball before lifting over Jordan Pickford's during our 5-1 win over Everton. Aubameyang's strike was our overwhelming winner, with 57% of the votes cast. With Aaron Ramsey's first from the same game in second place, and Meza Ozil's goal against Ostersons in third. Happy Mother's Day. We'd like to wish all mothers at today's game a very happy Mother's Day. Let's hope we can all celebrate with three points this afternoon. Arsenal Double Clubs World Cup Competition. Calling all secondary school teachers. As we look forward to this summer's 2018 FIFA World Cup in Russia, Arsenal Double Club are back with yet another free languages competition open to all UK secondary schools for boys and girls in year 7 or 8. The challenge. In small groups, pupils must organise and run a language-themed football match or activity. About the double club challenge. Open to pupils in years 7 and 8. Maximum of 6 pupils per group. Schools may enter any number of groups. Free to enter for all UK secondary schools. About the football match or activity. Pupils may select any languages except English, to base their match or activity around. Must demonstrate football-related vocabulary in the target languages before, during and after the match or activity. Can be delivered to fellow pupils or to children at a local primary school. How to enter. Register your school at www.arsenaldoubleclub.co.uk. We will then confirm your registration and send you your competition pack, which will explain the rules and competition guidelines in more detail. Arsenal remembers. The club would like to extend sincere condolences to the friends and family of Herman Martin, MBE, and Ernest Hetch, OBE, both season ticket holders for over 60 years. 
Herman was an original member of the 100 Club at Highbury, responsible for imbuing several generations with his adoration of the Gunners. He will be greatly missed by Miriam, Mark, Richard, Lee, grandchildren, great-grandchildren and his Arsenal family. Ernest was an Arsenal supporter ever since arriving in London before the Second World War, after fleeing the Nazis in Czechoslovakia in the famous Kinder Transport Scheme. Rarely seen without his Arsenal baseball cap, Ernest was a hugely successful businessman. Most notably, he was the founder of the Souvenir Press. He was also a philanthropist, and many good causes were helped over the years by Ernest Hetch Charitable Foundation. The chant 1-0 to Arsenal was played at Ernest's funeral. On this day, 1998, Christopher Rare's goal gave us a vital league win at Wimbledon. 2009, we beat Roma on penalties in the Champions League. 2017, Meza Ozil claimed his 50th assist in our 5-0 Emirates FA Cup win over Lincoln City. Coming up, Wednesday, Arsenal women faced Manchester City in the Continental Tyres Cup final. Thursday, AC Milan visit the Europa League last 16 second leg. 999 in counting. We go into this afternoon's match having scored 999 home Premier League goals. A warm welcome. A special welcome to our guests from the Palace for Life Foundation, Watford Community Educational Trust and our very own Arsenal North London United Community Group, here to celebrate World Down Syndrome Day on March 21st. To show your support, join the Odd Socks campaign. Petr Zane. Goalkeeper Petr Cech remains tantalisingly on 199 Premier League clean sheets and will be hoping that if he's involved this afternoon, he can produce a shutout to reach a significant milestone. Formerly with Chelsea, of course, 37 of Petter's league clean sheets have been during his time with the Gunners. Bag it. Win with Arsenal and Puma. In every domestic programme this season, the club's kit partner Puma are giving away travel bags. Just answer this question to be in with a chance of winning. Question time. Who scored an away match at Watford earlier in the season? Email your answer, including your full name and address, to programme at arsenal.co.uk or tweet at Arsenal Magazine. All entries to us by Friday, March 16th, please. One entry per person. Premier League stats. Shots. Alexandra Lacazette, 42. Granite Xhaka, 39. Aaron Ramsey, 37. Alexa Wobie, 26. Meza Ozil, 24. Chances created. Meza Ozil, 75. Henrik Mkhitaryan, 35. Granit Xhaka, 30. Hector Bellerin, 28. Alexandra Lacazette, 26. Passes. Granit Xhaka, 2,409. Meza Ozil, 1,680. Laurent Koscielny, 1,679. Hector Bellerin, 1,537. Nacho Monreal, 1,508. Crosses. Meza Ozil, 88. Henrik Mkhitaryan, 70. Granite Shaka, 67. Hector Bellerin, 57. Sieg Kolasinac, 31. Clearances, Laurent Koscielny, 129. Shkodan Mustafi, 118. Nacho Monreal, 69. Hector Bellerin, 56. Granite Shaka, 42. Above and Beyond, congratulations to George Horay, who went above and beyond with his programme-setting skills against Manchester City recently. George deservingly won a pair of Puma trainers and we'd like to thank him for his sterling efforts on the evening. 
If you think one of our programme sellers has gone above and beyond, please let us know by emailing programme at arsenal.co.uk. Ref Watch, Martin Atkinson. This afternoon's referee is Martin Atkinson from Bradford. The 46-year-old is in his 12th year as a Premier League ref. He's taken charge of 10 of our matches since the start of the 2015-16 season, and this is his second appointment at the Emirates this campaign. Here's our recent record under Atkinson. 2017-2018, Premier League. Arsenal 3, Liverpool 3, 1 yellow card. Carabao Cup, Chelsea 0, Arsenal 0, 2 yellow cards. 2016-2017, Premier League. Arsenal 3, West Ham 0, 2 yellow cards. Premier League, Sunderland 1, Arsenal 4, 3 yellow cards. Premier League, Manchester City 2, Arsenal 1, 2 yellow cards. Premier League, Chelsea 3, Arsenal 1, 1 yellow card. 2015-2016, Premier League, Arsenal 0, West Ham 2, 1 yellow card. Premier League, Arsenal 1, Tottenham 1. FA Cup, Arsenal 3, Sunderland 1, 1 yellow card. Premier League, Arsenal 2, Leicester 1, 4 yellow cards. Played 10, 1-4, drawn 3, lost 3. 4-18, against 14, 17 Arsenal yellow cards. Anti-Semitic and discriminatory chanting of all kinds is offensive to home and away supporters alike and will not be tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive chanting at the match, you can report it to Matchday Steward or use our See Something Say Something service by texting FOUL to 6777, together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team, our supporters and wider community. Thank you for your support and enjoy the game. Exclusive player interview, Danny Welbeck. Born, Manchester, November 26, 1990. Previous clubs, Manchester United, Preston North End, Lone, Sunderland, Lone. Joined Arsenal from Manchester United on September the 2nd, 2014. Quick stats. If he plays today, Danny will be making his 99th appearance for the Gunners. Danny scored at home to Watford in the 2016 FA Cup. It's been a bittersweet month for Danny Welbeck. The England forward picked up a knock in the build-up to our 4-1 win over Crystal Palace at the start of January, but has featured in every match since, making his return in the North London derby. It's nothing new to Danny, who has had to fight back from some lengthy injuries during his career, including a knee injury which kept him out for 10 months back in 2015. Fortunately, this time his spell on the sidelines was much more short-term. While Danny may have left those injury troubles behind him, he's come back with the team struggling for form, although the 27-year-old did spearhead our front line in northern Sweden as we recorded a 3-0 win over Ostersunds. A cagey second-leg performance against Graham Potter's side was followed by a disappointing afternoon at Wembley, which saw us fall short in the Caribou Cup final, while three consecutive defeats in the Premier League have left us off the pace in the race for Champions League football. Our form has hurt players and fans alike, and in a frank and honest interview at our London Colony training base, Danny discussed our recent run of results, the criticism that the team has received, and his focus on club matters. First, Danny, what's the mood been like in the dressing room? We know we play for Arsenal Football Club. The fans are hurting. 
Everyone involved around the club is hurting, and we feel their disappointment. That's something we want to put right. It's been a difficult period, but it's the sort of thing where all the players want to make things right with a positive result in the next match. How desperate are the team to put things right? We're professional footballers, and we know what we've done to get to this stage. We know how we can get better, how we can improve on the negative results we've had recently. The minimum requirement is for us all to stand and fight in every single area of the pitch. We know that our quality will shine through in the end. How do the players react to the recent criticism received by ex-players in the media? I'm sure they've been through situations where they know they haven't produced to the level that's needed. They'll have been through tough patches. Everyone goes through difficult times in their life. It's not just football. There's good times and you get praised for them. And there's bad times where you get negative criticism, but you've got to take it. You've got to look at yourself and see how you can improve on these situations. How confident are the team that we can improve results? Very. I think we've got to be together and united in these situations. Unity is strength and division is weakness in this sort of period. If we stay together, stand up and fight, that's what we need to do at the moment. As I said, we are really good players so the quality will shine through if we do what's required of us. How do you and the team assess the remainder of the season? Anything can happen in football, but I think as a team we've got to stay together, stand strong. Going into every single game now, we've got to fight to get the three points. If it's in the Europa League, we want to get through to the next round. You look at yourself and you just want to keep on bettering yourself, keep on improving and focus solely on that. With the way the season's gone at the moment, we know that we should be doing much, much better. Arsenal Football Club should be much higher up the table and we should be pushing to win the championship. Obviously it's disappointing for us to be in this position now, but what we can do now is just focus on the remaining fixtures going into those games and giving everything. On a personal level, how would you assess your season? Obviously the injuries have derailed me in the past, but it's gone now and there's nothing I can do about it. My mindset's just focused on looking forward, bettering myself, getting on the pitch, on the training pitch, doing what I can do to improve myself. When I get on that pitch, I want to make an impact. That's all I can say. You're now competing with Alexandre Lacazette and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang for a starting berth up front. Do you relish this challenge? It's competition and I embrace it. Ever since I was a young kid, I've been playing for an academy with scouts all over the world that are looking for top players to come in. You have competition throughout your whole life and it only makes you better. That competitive edge gives you extra motivation. There's now fewer than 100 days until the World Cup in Russia. Is it on your mind at all? At this period of time, I'm just focused on the club. When I'm on the pitch, I want to give 110%. I want to make an impact. If I perform to the levels I know I can, the rest will take care of itself. But my main focus right has to be the club. If we stand together as players, as a team, with the manager, with the staff and of course the fans and everyone involved around the club, unity is stronger. Danny was talking to Max Jones. Arsenal Youth The Young Gunners cruised through to the semi-final of the FA Youth Cup with a convincing away win. 
by Connor Armstrong. Tuesday, March the 6th, FA Youth Cup quarter-final, Western Homes Community Stadium. Colchester United under-18s, 1. Arsenal under-18s, 5. The scorer for Colchester was Jones in the 48th minute with a penalty. For Arsenal, Smithrow in the 40th and 52nd minutes, Saka in the 55th, Balogun in the 66th, and Amici in the 74th minute. The headlines, Emil Smith-Rowe scores a brace, including a stunning free-kick. Kwame Ampadu's squad reach Final Four without Rhys Nelson. We will now face Blackpool over two legs in the semi-final. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to yeah. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend <laughs> that I don't, right? Hold now. it in. Hold and our current faves. And Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. A second half blitz saw off the challenge of Colchester United and enabled us to confidently progress to the semi-final of the FA Youth Cup. Trey Coyle threatened to open the scoring in the early exchanges, but he could only hit the post as we looked to make the breakthrough. The game remained goalless until the 40th minute, when Emil Smith-Rowe's fierce left-footed strike beat Harry Seaden to break the deadlock and give us the advantage at the interval. However... The host drew level within three minutes of the restart, with Harry Jones converting a penalty after a Zach Madley foul. Smithrow issued our response almost immediately, sending a stunning free kick past the helpless Seaton, the ball clipping the woodwork on its way into the back of the net. Bokeh Sarko, who scored a crucial goal at Anfield earlier in the competition, then got his name on the score sheet by adding a third. Kwame Ampado's side were now playing with full confidence and a swagger that saw them move through the gears as they continued to put Colchester to the sword. A fourth goal was chalked up when Follerin Balogun ran through and held his nerve to finish clinically. It was left for Javier Amici to wrap up an impressive victory soon after, his fierce shot beating Seaton. Playing for Arsenal were Virginia, Daly Campbell, Ballard, Madley, Thompson, Substituted by Amoli in the 82nd minute, Burton Smithrow substituted by Benson in the 82nd minute, Amici substituted by Smith in the 75th minute, Coyle, Saka and Balogun subs not used were Barden and Swanson. Semi-final trip to the seaside. Our reward for the victory over Colchester is a two-legged semi-final against Blackpool, who came from 2-1 down to beat Blackburn 3-2 in their quarter-final. We're away in the first leg of our last four fixture and at Emirates Stadium in the second. The other semi-final sees the holders Chelsea take on Birmingham City. 
tournament favourites Chelsea made short work of Fulham, 6-0, in their quarter-final with Birmingham 3-1 victors over Norwich City. Fixture details will be available on arsenal.com soon. Villarreal in the last four. We have also reached the last four of another competition where we will take on Villarreal. Our under-23 side will meet the Spanish side in the last four of the Premier League International Cup after we knocked out Dynamo Zagreb in the quarter-final stage. The details of the fixture are yet to be confirmed, but stay close to arsenal.com for more information. Young Guns, the next generation in their own words. Vlad Dragomir. Born April 24, 1999, in Timosara, Romania. Joined 2015. Height and weight 178 centimetres, 74 kilos. Position midfielder. Boots Nike Tiempo. Things have been going well for me for the last four or five months. But to be honest, I was quite worried during pre-season. I wasn't in the under-23 squad and wasn't making the progress I had hoped for. This concerned me, so I started thinking deeply about what I could do to improve. I was quite low in confidence at the time and I decided I had to look at my old videos to see how I could better my game, like my positioning, and how to make myself more effective in matches. I also spent time on the training ground practicing my finishing and also doing what I could in the gym to become stronger and fitter. All I had in mind was focusing on improvements, and so when my chance came, I would be able to prove myself. That opportunity arrived a couple of months into the season, and since then I've been involved in every under-23s game, and in a variety of positions too. In fact, I've played everywhere apart from centre-back and goalkeeper. Honestly, once I get used to a position, I enjoy it, and I don't really have a favourite. I find that I think deeply about what I'm asked to do and watch other players and try to learn from them. For example, I was asked to play as a number nine, and I watched the way that Oliver Giroud played the role, but I quickly realised that I couldn't be that sort of player. I adapted to suit my abilities and played more in the way that Eden Hazard does when he plays in that position for Chelsea. It has helped my self-belief immensely, knowing that the coaches trust me to play in any position that they need me to. I believe that since joining Arsenal, I've become a better all-round player, particularly impressing the opposition and forcing mistakes so that we can regain possession quickly. I think that side of my game has improved because I've become fitter, but it's also the way that the coaches have asked us to play, which was not the case in Romania. It now comes as second nature to me, but that wasn't always the case. I even play in different positions for my country, depending upon the age group. When I play for the under-21s in the Romanian national side, it is as a number 7 or number 10. But when I play for the under-19s, it's as a central midfielder. I'm the captain of the under-19s, and I think the coach likes me to be in the middle of the park, which he feels is where a captain should be. I really don't have any preference. I believe that playing in so many different roles has made me a better player and I'm more able to perform in a way that helps the team because I understand the demands of different positions and what my teammates would want from me. I do spend a lot of time thinking about how I can improve 
and also what I did right and what I did wrong in previous games. I take every opportunity to do this, and particularly on the occasion when I take my Golden Retriever Rocky for a walk. It's a good thinking time. The Lowdown What's the best aspect of your game? Assists. What do you still need to work on? Finishing. Which team did you support as a boy? Real Madrid. What's been the greatest moment of your career so far? Signing with Arsenal as a professional. Aside from PE, what was your best subject at school? Geography. What's your most valued possession? My dog. What other sports are you good at? Table tennis. If you could score any goal, which would it be? Any from the Champions League. If you had to sing one song to save your life, what would it be? Stay with me, Sam Smith. Which current player would you most like to play against? Luka Modric. You choose. Nando's or KFC? Nando's. Messi or Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Champions League or World Cup? World Cup. Stormzy or Jay Huss? Stormzy. Instagram or Snapchat? Instagram. Home kit or away kit? Home kit. Netflix or Amazon Prime? Netflix. Sliders or flip-flops? Flip-flops. Beach holiday or city break? Beach holiday. 40 metres or 400 metres? 40 metres. Early mornings or late nights? Late nights. Long-range goal or dribble through the team? Long-range goal. The taste of the big time. Vlad's progress this season featured a highlight in the Europa League when he was selected for the matchday squad as the Gunners travelled to Ukraine to play BATE Borisov. The young Romanian joined a number of starlets for the match the Gunners won 4-2 and despite not getting onto the pitch will have undoubtedly found the experience of preparing with first team stars like Jack Wilshire and skipper Per Metasaka invaluable. Vlad was speaking to Lambros Lambrou. Arsenal women. A number of Joe Montemuro's team have been on international duty recently. Words by Andy Exley. International Roundup. Good Evans. Congratulations to Lisa Evans, who took her fine run of form on the Gunners onto the international stage with a goal for Scotland against New Zealand last weekend. Lisa's team, managed by former Arsenal boss Shelley Kerr, won the match 2 0 as they prepare for the start of World Cup qualifying next month. Double Dutch. With Danielle van der Donk and Vivian Medema both unavailable through injury, only two of Arsenal's Dutch stars were involved in the Algarve Cup in Portugal recently. Dominique Janssen and Sari van Vindel were part of the squad in a tournament that also featured Australia, Canada, Sweden, Japan, Denmark, Norway, South Korea, China, Russia, Iceland and the host Portugal, with the results for Holland in Group C as follows. Holland 6, Japan 2. Sari and Dominique both played 90 minutes. Dom played in central defence. She has developed a role in handling midfield for Arsenal. Holland 3, Denmark 2. Dominique played the last 25 minutes. Sari, may- Sari remained on the bench. Holland 0, Iceland 0. Both Arsenal players feature for the full 90 minutes for their country. Excellent She Believes performances. Following the withdrawal through injury of Jordan Nobbs and Lee Williamson, Phil Neville's England squad for the She Believes Cup unusually didn't feature any gunners. However, former Arsenal stars had certainly made an impact after two games. 
Neville's team's excellent 4-1 win over France featured a goal from Jodie Taylor, a gunner until early this season before joining Melbourne City FC. The next game was an action-packed 2-2 draw with Germany and both the three Lions goals came from Ellen White. Ellen scored 39 goals in 72 games for Arsenal between 2010 and 2013. The trials are open. Arsenal women are now accepting applications for players to trial across our female talent pathway for the 2018-2019 season. With a number of different programmes aimed to support the development of female players, we are keen to hear from anyone aged under 16 that wishes to play for Arsenal women. We are now taking applications for both our player development programme and our youth academy teams, RTC. Go to arsenal.com to register. Gunners gearing up for Continental Cup. Arsenal will face Manchester City in another League Cup final, but this time it's the WSL Continental Cup and we're hoping for a very different result. The match takes place on Wednesday, March 14th at Reading Women's Adams Park ground in High Wycombe, with kick-off at 7pm. The Gunners will be hoping to take their recent strong form into the game and although City may start as favourites, having won this season's opening league encounter 5-2, they have stuttered into their past two matches having just a single point from their last two matches in the WSL, losing 2-0 at Birmingham City and earning a draw at home to Chelsea. Both teams have form in this competition. In fact, they're the only two clubs to have lifted the Continental Cup since it replaced the old Premier League Cup on the formation of the WSL in 2011. City are the holders, having beaten Birmingham City in last year's final after winning it for the first time by beating Arsenal 1-0 in 2014, their first trophy. The Gunners have won every final bar those two, giving us four titles to add to the ten Premier League Cups the club lifted between 1991 and 1992 and 2008-2009. Get to the game in style. In further Continental Cup final news, we're pleased to offer complimentary coach travel to the match, courtesy of the FA. Our coaches will depart South Mims Motorway Services, EN63QQ, for Adams Park at 5pm on Wednesday, March 14th, and the return journey is expected to take approximately one hour. Visit www.arsenal.com slash women for further details. Continental Cup Finals in full, 2011, Arsenal 4, Birmingham City Ladies 1. 2012, Arsenal 1, Birmingham City Ladies 0. 2013, Arsenal 2, Lincoln Ladies 0. 2014, Man City Women 1, Arsenal 0. 2015, Arsenal 3, Notts County Ladies 0. 2016, Man City Women 1, Birmingham City Ladies 0. Unseen Arsenal. October the 11th, 1986. Tony Cotton sees red. We hear a lot these days about how footballers are bigger and stronger than ever, but that argument falls down if you happen to be referee Brian Stevens in the 1980s and you endured the likes of Tony Cotton bear down on you every time you flashed a red card. The setting was Highbury as Arsenal entertained Watford on October the 11th 1986 and the visiting keeper had just been ordered off for swearing at a linesman after giving away a penalty with the game finally poised. At the time, the Gunners were 1-0 up. Recent signing Perry Groves had put the house in front with his first goal for the club, and he didn't score many better, having performed what the subsequent programme described as a nippy half-turn away from John McClelland, 
topped off with a left-foot curler that gave Tony Cotton no chance and had Highbury cheering to the skies. Also in the black-and-white shot at the head of this article are left-back Steve Terry, who, like Cotton, looks none too impressed with the decision, and future Arsenal midfielder Kevin Richardson, who looks decidedly less interested in getting involved in verbals with the referee. Right-winger Nigel Callaghan, who had never been in goal before, was forced to go in goal for the visitors, and Martin Hayes, who had never taken a penalty before, was forced to take the penalty for the hosts. He had volunteered when, prior to the kick-off that day, George Graham asked who was going to be the penalty taker, and everyone else had shuffled uncomfortably and sat on their hands. The young Arsenal winger had only just begun to establish himself in the team, having just weeks before turned down a move to second division Huddersfield Town. Hayes held his nerve, despite a two-minute delay as Cotton made his way from the pitch, and duly converted the penalty to make the game safe. He would go on to be the club's leading scorer in 1986-87 with 24 goals in all competitions. Incredibly, 12 of them were from the spot. Watford pulled a goal back through former Tottenham striker Mark Falco, but Arsenal made the game safe with a third from young striker Niall Quinn, who had turned 20 just five days earlier. How time flies. Further perspective 1. New manager George Graham won a trophy in his first season in charge as Arsenal beat Liverpool 2-1 in the League Cup final. The club finished fourth in the league but lost in the FA Cup quarter-finals to Watford. Further perspective 2. Martin Hayes played in that League Cup final but was on the losing side 12 months later, hitting the post when Arsenal were 2-1 up against Luton Town. The Gunners lost 3-2 and Hayes was to lose his place to Brian Marwood. Community Using the power of the Arsenal name to positively impact the lives of young people since 1985. Twitter in the community Had a great morning with at Norwich City CSF Brilliant football and linking up with old friends. Exciting afternoon to come. Where are they now? Neve Coyle. When were you involved with Arsenal in the community? I was directly involved between 2015 and 2017. What was your role? I was a BTEC student on the community's BTEC course. What are you doing now? Arsenal in the community helped me achieve an academic excellence scholarship to Brunel University, where I study sports, health and exercise psychology. After my time on the BTEC, I was able to obtain work at West Ham FC Foundation as a coach. How did your time with the community department help you in your current role? Without all the support and opportunities given to me by Arsenal and my tutors, I would not have been able to achieve my scholarship or my place at West Ham. They allowed me to gain experience that nobody else my age could obtain at a normal college. This really made me stand out to employers. 
I was fortunate enough to see how the community department operated on a day-to-day basis, and this showed me the commitment and skills I needed to work in this setting. Arsenal Double Club launches free World Cup competition for secondary schools. Calling all secondary school teachers. As we look forward to this summer's 2018 FIFA World Cup in Russia, Arsenal Double Club are back with yet another free languages competition open to all UK secondary schools for boys and girls in years 7 or 8. The challenge? In small groups, pupils must organise and run a language-themed football match or activity. About the Double Club Challenge Open to pupils in years 7 and 8. Maximum of 6 pupils per group. Schools may enter any number of groups. Free to enter for all UK secondary schools. About the football match or activity. Pupils may select any language or languages except English to base their match or activity around. Must demonstrate football-related vocabulary in the target language or languages before, during and after the match or activity. Can be delivered to fellow pupils or to children at a local primary school. How to enter? Register your school at www.arsenaldoubleclub.co.uk We will confirm registration and send a competition pack which will explain the rules and competition guidelines in more detail. Promote the competition among your pupils in year 7 and 8. As a suggestion, Maybe set this as a classroom activity during a regular language lesson, a homework task or an extracurricular activity. Collect your group's entries and submit them as instructed in the competition pack. Deadline for submitting your school's entry is Thursday, March 29, 2018 at 6pm. The next round. A panel of judges will decide on the best entries submitted. Selected groups will be invited to attend a special FIFA World Cup 2018 Celebration Day at Emirates Stadium in May. These groups will be notified if they have been successful in good time in order to allow arrangements to be made in school for the trip to Emirates Stadium. A post-SATS treat for Year 6 pupils. Sign up to use our new beginners level resources. They're a great way to introduce pupils to a new language or reinforce existing knowledge, especially in the summer months, to keep Year 6 pupils motivated after their SATs. The activities have been designed for beginners or learners with a low level, regardless of their age. The materials are suitable for boys and girls, and require no prior knowledge of Arsenal or football. Topics include introductions, numbers, colours, countries, feelings and some simple football-related vocabulary. Resources are available in French, German, Spanish and Italian. Portuguese is available online only. For more information visit www.arsenaldoubleclub.co.uk or follow us on Twitter at AFC Double Club. The Arsenal Museum. A look at the history of the Gunners through the treasures found in the Arsenal Museum. Exhibit Arsenal. 
Exhibit 23. Rules of the Royal Arsenal FC, 1891-92. Encased among the very early mementos of the club's days in Plumstead is a small card booklet detailing the rules of membership of Royal Arsenal FC. Each member of the Royal Arsenal Football Club received a copy of the rules of the club. This specific set of rules was produced just after the club had turned professional in 1891. After professionalism, the club decided to keep its management and organisational structure and its name. The only real difference being that the players were now paid and, as a result of reneging on amateur status, the club could not play in any of the local FA competitions as they resigned from both the Kent and London organisations. So, members, who also were season ticket holders by dint of purchasing their RAFC subscription, were treated to 57 friendlies in 1891-92. As the FA Cup draw was somewhat unkind, seeing Arsenal play at Small Heath, later Birmingham City in the first round, and come away with nothing. During the previous season, Arsenal, despite being amateur and not part of the Football League, had the seventh largest crowds in the country. Having attendances larger than six established Football League clubs at this time was a truly remarkable achievement for a club in only their fifth season. Consequently, as a popular and successful team who were the champions of the South, many wanted entrance to the club. Indeed, any gentleman could apply to join, but like a members-only dining club in London's Pall Mall area, each person requesting admission to be a member of the Royal Arsenal Football Club had to have a current member as proposer and seconder. Each prospective member had to be approved by two-thirds of those members of the club who were present at specific meetings. Additionally, each member also had to be individually endorsed by club officials William Dobbings, and George Osborne. Once enrolled, their membership gave them full rights to vote in elections at the meetings for the committee who ran the club. These meetings were often very long and also very volatile, with major disagreements over how the club should be run. Voting for the make-up of the committee, who were the officers who effectively ran the club, occurred at the annual general meeting, which was earmarked for the last Saturday in May. One of the perks of serving on the committee was that they could select themselves as players. However, there is no evidence that any of the officers of the club were vain enough to put themselves on the pitch. The cost of this membership was 10 shillings sixpence, or 52.5p, per season. But it was reduced if the member was an ex-player to 2 shillings and sixpence, or 1 shilling if a current player. At this time there are in the region of 1,000 subscribers and it is doubtful they could have envisaged in their Victorian age what the club has become today. The Royal Arsenal Champions of the South book by Arsenal history writers Mark Andrews and Andy Kelly along with Tim Stillman is now available for pre-orders www.legendspublishing.net forward slash product forward slash royal dash arsenal dash champions dash of dash the dash south forward slash Arsenal Museum founded in 1886 Arsenal have a wonderful history from the club's time at Woolwich, Ivory and Emirates Stadium and the newly refurbished museum offers visitors the chance to take in a whole host of exciting exhibits The Arsenal Museum is open daily from 10.30am and is also open on match days.
closing one hour before kickoff. Tickets can be purchased at the museum or online by visiting www.arsenal.com forward slash tours. Match action. Arsenal versus Manchester City. Thursday, March 1st, 2018, 7.45pm. Premier League, game number 44. Arsenal 0, Manchester City 3. Scorers for Manchester City. Bernardo Silva in the 15th minute. David Silva in the 28th minute. Sani in the 33rd minute. Venue, Emirates Stadium. Referee, Andre Mariner. Attendance, 58,420. Match stats for Arsenal. Total shots, 10. Shots on target, 5. Corners, 6. Offsides, 0. Fouls, 11. Possession, 46%. Match stats for Manchester City. Total shots, 9. Shots on target, 5. Corners, 1. Offsides, 1. Fouls, 11. Possession, 54%. Line-up for Arsenal. Check, number 33. Bellerin, number 24. Mustafi, number 20. Koscielny, number 6. Kolasinac, number 31. Yellow card. Ramsey, number 8. Chaka, number 29. Mkhitaryan, number 7. Ozil, number 11. Abemiang, number 14. Welbeck, number 23. Substitutes. Ospina, number 13. Holding, number 16. Iwobi, number 17. Chambers, number 21. Maitland Niles, number 30. Elneny, number 35. Nicotia, number 62. Line up for Manchester City. Edison, number 31. Walker, number 2. Substituted off in the 72nd minute. Company, number 4. Otamendi, number 30. Yellow card. Danilo, number 3. De Bruyne, number 17. Gundogan, number 8. D. Silva, number 21, substituted off in the 87th minute. B. Silva, number 20. Aguero, number 10, substituted off in the 82nd minute. Sani, number 19. Substitutes. Bravo, number 1. Stones, number 5. Laporte, number 14. Jesus, number 33, substituted on in the 87th minute. Sinchenko, number 35, substituted on in the 72nd minute. Torre, number 42, substituted on in the 82nd minute. Foden, number 47. Man of the match, Aaron Ramsey. Match facts. This was the first time Arsenal conceded three goals in the first half of a home Premier League game. Arsenal made no substitutions for the first time in a Premier League game since December 2013. This was the first penalty we have missed this season. First half. Looking for a response on Sunday's disappointing cup final defeat, the Gunners looked to be positive early on, but once City took the lead on 15 minutes, they never looked back. Bernardo Silva curled home a wonderful effort from outside the area, and the visitors were in control. David Silva doubled the lead, finishing off a flowing team move, and the champions-elect were at their best for much of the first half. Pep Guardiola's men increased the lead when Carl Walker fed the ball into the impressive Leroy Sarney to finish from close range. Second half, Arsenal improved after the shock of the first half and had the opportunity to reduce the arrears when Henrik Mkhitaryan won a penalty on 53 minutes. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang stepped up, but Edison dived the right way to palm away the spot kick. 
The Gabon striker went close again as we sought a foothold back into the game, but there was no way through. Later on, Petr Cech had to make another smart stop from Sergio Aguero's low effort before the end of a disappointing and bitterly cold night at Emirates Stadium. That sums it all up. 20 years since Arsene Wenger's team won Arsenal's second double, the matchday programme recalls the stories that surrounded the 1997-98 season. Words by Jim Maidment. Jeremy Corbyn is undeniably red in more ways than one. The veteran left winger was a low-key backbencher before shocking the political landscape, not to mention many in his own ranks, with a spectacular victory in the Labour leadership contest in September 2015. But it was a different story in these parts. Corbyn, who will be 69 on May 26th, the 29th anniversary of our title-winning 2-0 victory at Liverpool, became MP for Islington North way back in 1983. To put that in context, his elevation to Member of Parliament for the north half of the borough came just 13 days before Charlie Nicholas's headline-grabbing move from Celtic to Highbury. The fee, what now sees a modest 750000 was at the time a club record. Much has changed since then, both politically and in football, but for the past 35 years, Corbyn has been a regular face, parliamentary duties permitting, among the crowds at Highbury and latterly the Emirates. His Arsenal credentials are in fact so solid they have even extended to Westminster, where he has signed various early day motions in Parliament over the years recognising the Gunners' achievements. The 1997-98 season, he says, certainly stands out. That season was amazing, recalls the official leader of the opposition. I remember going to the FA Cup final in 1998 and we didn't have any concept that we'd do anything other than win. The confidence of Arsenal supporters was amazing. They sort of rather politely said to a group of Newcastle supporters... It's nice you've come to Wembley, otherwise you wouldn't have a game. And Bergkamp? And that back four? Wow. He has always been a staunch supporter of Arsene Wenger and recalls a lovely moment when the Frenchman, then a virtual unknown in English footballing circles, first arrived in 1996. I, I was really pleased when Wenger came, he adds. I've never forgotten him walking up the road to the old stadium and I'm driving by with a bunch of kids in the car. We've been playing football. They said, there's Arsene Wenger. So we stopped, and he stopped, and the kids had a lovely chat with him. He probably doesn't even remember it because he'd been stopped by so many fans, but I thought at the time what a decent human being, what a humane guy he is. It was in the opening weeks of the 1997-98 campaign that the Arsenal board confirmed it was actively seeking alternatives to the tight confines of Highbury, restricted by a 38,000 capacity that was proving wholly inadequate to meet the demands of fans. The club had mooted adding a maximum 6,000 extra seats to increase capacity to 44,000, but with sellouts the norm in N5, there was a dawning realisation that the club may need to move lock, stock and barrel to a new site within Islington or beyond. August 16th, 1997, when Arsenal made their intentions known to supporters, proved to be a seminal date as it set off the ball rolling for the eventual move to current home Emirates Stadium. What was, back in 1913, billed as the most get at ground in London, was now simply too small. Veteran director Ken Fryer, an Arsenal employee since 1946, still with the club in 2018, led the project, working with the local authorities to identify a site. Don't forget the stadium once held 73,000. We've lost 50%, Mr Fryer, who's very much the face of the club in local political circles, had said before. Corbyn speaks very highly of him. We go back a long, long way. I met Ken in the early 80s. We used to only ever meet to discuss planning issues. 
Football clubs, planning in the community, there's always going to be issues. And obviously, you have to make sure that any development includes appropriate social housing, for example. Ken and I had many, many discussions about lots of things, and we had long discussions about the hub and replacing the sports centre, the JVC centre, that used to be the old Highbury, behind the clock end. And please, that was resolved. No one individual has served Arsenal longer than Ken Fryer, before becoming manager director in 1983. He even had a statue and a bridge named after him, unprecedented for someone who has never played or managed the club. Corbyn recognises Mr Fry's extraordinary service. Ken is absolutely in his own way, Mr Arsenal, he says. Because he came here as a school leaver, and the only time in his life he hasn't been at Arsenal was when he did national service. The rest of his life he's been at Arsenal. He once told me that on a Sunday afternoon he decided to take his wife out somewhere to see the sights of London and he took her to the refuse transfer station across the road from Arsenal to show her the recycling centre. I said, Ken, you know how to give a girl a good time, don't you? He's the last of the great romantics. Corbyn, whose political career began as a councillor on neighbouring Harringey Council in 1974, also points out the positive effect Arsenal have had on the local community. I take a great deal of pride in Arsenal's work in the borough of Islington, he says. I've been to many Arsenal in the community events and I've seen a lot of what Arsenal do in the estates, in the community, in the summer schemes they put on. I think that's absolutely excellent. I thank Arsenal for that because it means so much for the kids to take pride in their local club, of course, but also just that the opportunity for boys and girls to go and play football. And also the support that Arsenal give to Freedom From Torture where they sponsor the refugee team, and the refugee team are incredibly good. I went to the opening of the sports centre near the stadium here, the hub, and it was fantastic watching them play and seeing the support Arsenal give them. So well done, Arsenal. Jeremy Corbyn received 73% of the vote in the Islington North constituency last year. In 1997, he won with 69% of the vote. Ben Corbyn, Jeremy's son, formerly helped Arsenal in the community with coaching sessions and now coaches at Watford's Academy. Arsenal, first team squad, 1997-98. David Seaman, Lee Dixon, Nigel Winterburn, Patrick Vieira, Steve Bald, Tony Adams, David Platt, Ian Wright, Nicholas Inalka, Dennis Bergkamp, Mark Overmars, Christopher Rare, Alex Manager, Martin Keown, Ray Parler, Manuel Petit, Judas Grimondi, Remy Garde, Matthew Upson, Louis Beaumont, Ian Shelley, Alberta Mendes, Scott Marshall, Vince Bartram, Paul Shaw, Stephen Hughes, Glenn Helder, Gavin McGowan, Chris Kaiwomia, Asaya Rankin, Michael Black, Jason Crow. The visitors, Watford. Three successive home wins appear to have lifted Watford to Premier League safety. By Mike Hammond. Following last weekend's 1-0 victory at home to West Brom, the Hertfordshire club now sit just three places and nine points behind Arsenal in the table, with every chance of going on to finish higher in the Premier League than ever before. This is the Hornets' third successive season in the Premier League and fifth in all. Promoted three years ago after an eight-year absence, their previous highest placing came in that first season back when Kiki Sanchez-Flores led the club to a 13th-place finish. Since the Spaniards' departure at the end of that campaign, 
the club have had three further foreign head coaches. Walter Mazzari, who oversaw a 17th-place finish last term, Marco Silva, who lasted barely half a season before departing in January, and current boss, Harvey Gracia, who has been in charge for the last six matches. Three of those have been wins, all at Vicarage Road, including a momentous 4-1 triumph last month against champions Chelsea that featured three goals in the last six minutes. The last two weekends have brought back-to-back 1-0 victories against Everton and West Brom, with captain Troy Deeney supplying the late winning goal on both occasions. Those nine points have hoisted the Hornets far enough away from the drop zone to all but erase the possibility of relegation, although supporters of the club may still be fearful of a repeat of last season when, after reaching the magical 40-point mark, Mazzari's team lost all of their last six fixtures, which effectively brought the Italian stay at Vicarage Road to an end. Watford's remaining schedule brings them four more winnable home fixtures against Bournemouth, Burnley, Crystal Palace and Newcastle, but the team will be keen this afternoon to end a poor run of away form that has brought them just one point and two goals from their last seven matches. The Hornets actually won their first three away fixtures of the campaign, but their last three-pointer away from Vicarage Road came before the winter set in on November the 25th at Newcastle, where they ran out 3-0 winners. Watford's only victory, home or away, in their next 12 league games after that comprehensive success at St James Park, came at home to Leicester on Boxing Day 2-1, but it was after a 2-0 defeat in the reverse fixture at the King Power Stadium on January the 20th that Marco Silva was given his marching orders and replaced by Javi Gracia. The new boss could not prevent the Hornets from slipping out of the FA Cup, They lost 1-0 at Southampton in his first game, but he has made a positive start in the Premier League and will hope to keep that going today as Watford seek their third successive victory against the Gunners. A brief history of Watford. Formed 1881. Stadium, Vicarage Road. Capacity, 21,438. Manager, Harvey Gratia. Local rivals, Luton Town. Record appearance maker, Luther Blissett, 503. Oldest Premier League appearance maker, Alec Chamberlain, 42 years, 327 days. Did you know, Watford's training ground is right next door to ours in Hertfordshire. Of all the teams that visited Highbury more than once, only Watford won more than they lost against Arsenal. Watford's first win over Arsenal came in 1982, 76 years after the first meeting. Pat Rice played for two teams in his distinguished career, Arsenal and Watford. Last time we met, Vicarage Road, Premier League, October 14, 2017. Watford 2, Arsenal 1. Playing for Watford were Gomez, Femenia, Britos, Mariapa, substituted by Carrillo in the 63rd minute, Cabaselli, Holobas, Ducure, Cleverly, Pereira, substituted by Capu in the 81st minute, Richarlison, Gray, substituted by Dini in the 63rd minute. For Arsenal, Czech, Bellerin, Koscielny, substituted by Holding in the 85th minute, Matasaka, Montreal, Kolasinac, Elneny, 
Shaka Iwobi, Welbeck, substituted by Ozil in the 61st minute, Lacazette, substituted by Giroud in the 68th minute. Quick stats. Last five matches against Arsenal. Watford 2, Arsenal 1, October 14, 2017. Arsenal 1, Watford 2, January 31, 2017. Watford 1, Arsenal 3, August 27, 2016. Arsenal 4, Watford 0, April 2, 2016. Arsenal 1, Watford 2, March 13, 2016. Last five top scorers. Mate Vidra, 22, 2012-13. Troy Deeney, 25, 2013-14. Troy Dini, 21, 2014-15. Troy Dini, Odeon Igalo, 17, 2015-16. Troy Dini, 10, 2016-17. Last five, number tens. Isaac Success, Obi Ulleri, Louis McGuggan, Chris Ualumo, Danny Graham. Memory Lane, 1, we won 4-2 at Waterford in the FA Cup in 2002, a season in which we went on to win the competition. Thierry Henry, Freddy Lungberg, Carnu and Dennis Bergkamp all scored, with Gifton Noah Williams and Mika Hyde on target for the Hornets. 2. Alex Iwobi scored his first home senior goal when we beat today's visitors 4-0 in March 2016. Alexis, Hector Bellerin, and Thea Walcott also netted. The run. We've scored in each of our last 11 games against Watford, a run dating back to 1988. Brighton & Hove Albion vs Arsenal Sunday, March the 4th, 2018, 1330 hours, Premier League, Game number 45. Brighton 2, Arsenal 1. Brighton scorers, Dunk 7th minute, Murray 26th minute. Arsenal scorer, Albameyang 43rd minute. Venue, the American Express Community Stadium. Referee, Stuart Atwell. Attendance, 30,620. Away fans, 3,000. Brighton team. Name. Ryan, number one. Shilotto, number 21. Substituted, 69th minute. Dunk, number five. Duffy, number 22. Bong, number three. Stevens, number six. Yellow card. Knockout, number 11. Substituted, 77th minute. Proper, number 24. Isquierdo, number 27. Gross, number 13, substitute, 86th minute. Murray, number 17, yellow card. Substitutes, Cruel, number 26. Bruno, number 2, substitute, 69th minute. Goldson, number 18. Kale, number 7, substitute, 86th minute. March, 20, substitute, 77th minute. Locadia, 25. Ulua, number 16. Arsenal team. Name. Check. Number 33. Chambers. Number 21. Substitute 83rd minute. 
Kalashniak, number 31, yellow card. Koscielny, number 6. Mustafi, number 20. Wilshire, number 10, yellow card. Saka, number 29, yellow card. Iwobi, number 17, substitute 74th minute. Mkhitaryan, number 7. Albameyanga, number 14. Ozil, number 11. Substitutes, Maitland-Niles, number 30. Ospina, number 13. Bellerin, number 24, substitute 83rd minute. Holding, number 16. Nikotea, number 62, substitute 83rd. Welbeck, number 23, substitute 74th. Elneny, number 35. Match stats. Total shots. Brighton, 13. Arsenal, 15. Shots on target. Brighton, 6. Arsenal, 7. Corners. Brighton, 6. Arsenal, 11. Offsides. Brighton, 6. Arsenal, 0. Fouls. Brighton, 13. Arsenal, 12. Possession. Brighton, 32%. Arsenal, 68%. Match facts. Eddie Nicotia made his Premier League debut for Arsenal. Arsenal have lost four consecutive games for the first time since 2002. Only Mesut Ozil, 7, has provided more assists for Arsenal in all competitions this year than Granit Xhaka, 6. Man of the match, Granit Xhaka. First half. Arsenal started brightly forcing a couple of early corners and Mesut Ozil fizzed a shot over Matt Ryan's bar. But on seven minutes, a Brighton corner resulted in Lewis Dunk finding space in the penalty area to slam home the opening goal. Brighton then took the game by the scruff of the neck and a prolonged period of pressure ended in a second goal on 26 minutes. This time from a Glenn Murray header from a Pascal Gross cross. The Gunners received a lifeline before half-time. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang latching onto a granite Zaka pass and beating Ryan. Second half. Enrique Mkhitaryan forced a save from Ryan on 49 minutes and soon Alex Iwobi and then Erdzil also had shots of their own denied by the keeper as an improved Arsenal sort and equaliser. Shokran Mustafi then saw a header claimed by Ryan on 62 minutes before Obermayang nearly claimed a brace, but the Palace stopper was alert once again. Late in the game, teenage striker Eddie Niketa got a first taste of Premier League football and was another to have an attempt saved by Ryan. But it wasn't to be on a frustrating afternoon on the south coast. Jack Wilshire, pressure points. In the words of Arsene Wenger, the glare has never been stronger. So he asked the Arsenal stars about pressure situations on and off the pitch. In which Arsenal match have you felt the most pressure? Probably in the Barcelona game at home in 2011. It turned out nicely in the end, but we didn't start very well. They probably should have been two or three up by half-time. But we were better in the second half and we won the game. In which non-first team game have you found the most pressure? I'd probably have to say the World Cup games. Actually the Euros in the game against Slovakia. 
It was a big stage and had a lot of pressure. Are you someone who needs to feel pressure to perform better? Do you thrive on it? No, I'd say as my career has gone on, I don't really feel pressure anymore. I look forward to games. I know my job. I know what I can bring to the team. And I just try to perform. What have you learned since you were younger to help you deal with pressure? Just to focus on the job, on your role in the team, and make sure you do that properly and play your part in the team and try to help the team. I think that if you start to think about your individual performance, you start worrying about if it's going to be good and what people are going to say. Then you start going under and not performing to the best of your ability. What part of match day is the most pressurised for you? Probably just as the game goes on, as situations start to happen and how you deal with them at certain games. For example, if you're leading a game 1-0 and going into the last 10 minutes, there can be a lot of pressure on us, defensively as a team. Arsenal are winning a cup final with five minutes to go, but you're at home because you can't play. How do you cope with that? Would you watch it and would you be stressed? I'd watch it. I probably do get more stressed watching. I remember in the first FA Cup final I had, I was on the bench and we were 2-0 down after something like 10 minutes. That was probably the worst I've ever felt during a game. It was hard to watch. Luckily we came back and won, but it was a tough time. We've got a penalty to win a Cup final. Who do you want taking it? In this current squad, probably Lacazette. It's a penalty shootout. Would you put yourself forward? Yes. I remember doing one at Bradford away. We lost, but I took one and scored it, and was quite confident. Is there anyone who, when you know they're in the crowd watching you, it puts you under more pressure? No, not really. I always have the same members of my family coming to my games, and my wife and kids, but I wouldn't say there's one particular person that makes me feel more nervous. Your agent says you've been offered a small speaking role in a blockbuster film. Up for it? It depends. I don't think I'd be any good at it. I probably wouldn't be that bad now, but earlier in my career I would definitely have said no. But now, maybe. It's your driving test again. Would you pass it? No. 100% no. I've got bad habits. The thing that scares me is the theory. The practical part would probably be alright. But the theory part, where you have to revise and remember things, is tough. You're on I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. What challenge are you least looking forward to? Anything with snakes. I saw one this year where they were locked in a box up high with snakes. That is like my worst nightmare. You move to a new country and have to learn a new language in just three months. Are you confident? I'd get by in three months. I'd have to employ a teacher first who could teach me the basics and then I suppose you'd just have to speak with your teammates. Go out to restaurants and order in the language and start to feel comfortable. You're in a karaoke bar and it's your turn to sing. Would you feel under pressure or stressed? I'd probably be looking forward to it. I'd sing something safe with not much vocally. Maybe Oasis or something. You need to put up shells at home. Can you do it? Yes, my dad taught me that when I was young. You've done something wrong, but who is the last person in the world you want to tell you off? Probably my dad or my wife. One of them. My dad's definitely told me off a lot. My wife? A few times. You've lost your phone and won't get it back for a week. Would you struggle? Yes, I think most people would these days. 
I could probably do without Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram and all of those, but not being able to phone anyone or be in contact would be tough. If you had a year to learn another sport and play it professionally, could you do it? And which sport would you choose? Probably not. I'm one of those who's not very good at other sports. I'd maybe have a go at golf, but I wouldn't be that good. You've been asked to be the best man at a wedding. How would you feel about making a speech? I'd feel nervous, definitely. I had my wedding this year and had to do a speech and I was very nervous. I actually thought I'd be all right, but on the day and leading up to the speech, maybe half an hour before, I was really nervous. You're at the top of a mountain and need to get down quickly. Could you ski or snowboard? I don't know, because I've never done them. I wouldn't risk that with my injury record. I'm not going anywhere near skis or snowboards until after I've retired. Arsenal's winter wonderlands. We may be approaching British summertime, but the conditions at our last home game were distinctly wintry. In fact, it required great efforts by the ground staff and authorities to ensure the significant snow showers, a.k.a. the beast from the east, didn't force a rare postponement at the Emirates. By Andy Exley Over the years, winter weather has brought football to a halt numerous times in England, most notably in the season 1962-63, when the big freeze saw the Gunners entertain Leighton Orient on December the 15th and not play another fixture in anger until an away day at Leicester on February the 9th. Looking through the archives, there are some wonderfully evocative pictures of the team and ground staff battling against the elements. We thought we'd bring a few of them in from the cold for you this afternoon. There are 11 photographs in the hard copy, and the captions are as follows. 1. January the 16th, 1926. Freezing cold captains Charlie Buchan, Arsenal, and Frank Barson, Manchester United, look for the coin after the referee's toss on a snow-covered highbury. The result will have warmed Buchan, as the Gunners won 3-2 with the Arsenal skipper on the score sheet. 2. January the 29th, 1935. Arsenal FC players, manager and trainer, Highbury. From left to right, George Mail, Eddie Hopgood, Wilf Copping, George Allison, Cliff Baston, Ted Drake and Tom Whitaker. The next day, the Gunners travelled to West Brom and won 3-0, with Drake and Baston on the score sheet. 3. December the 26th, 1936. The Arsenal groundsman attempts to clear the goal area at Highbury, North London. Meanwhile, the Gunners were drawing 1-1 with Everton at a less snowy Goodison Park. 4. February the 1st, 1947. Manchester United's goalkeeper, Bill Fielding, is stranded as the ball goes over the goal line, one of six strikes for the Gunners in a 6-2 thumping of United, which featured a hat-trick from Ronnie Rook. 5. January 4, 1951. The team trained with a run around snow-covered Highbury, from left to right, Reg Lewis, Ray Daniel, Laurie Scott, Wally Barnes, Ian McPherson and Tom Valance. 6. February 23, 1963 Cliff Jones scores for Tottenham past Gunners keeper Jack McClelland on a snow-covered highbury. The visitors won the game 3-2. 7. January 1, 1947 
January the 13th, 1968. The clock end is closed, but the game goes ahead due to Highbury's relatively new under-soil heating. George Graham scored for Arsenal in a 1-1 draw with Sheffield United. 8. December the 27th, 1971. An acrobatic John Radford in action for the title holders, Arsenal, against Southampton. The excitement of the snow was tempered by a drab match ending goalless. 9. December the 21st, 1979. Frank Stapleton of Arsenal alongside Norwich City's John Ryan as the snow falls at Highbury, the match ended 1-1, Stapleton grabbing the Gunners' goal. 10. January the 8th, 2003. Looking down Elwood Street towards Highbury, with the local youngsters preparing for a snowball fight, four days later the weather couldn't hold back the Gunners as they thrashed Birmingham City 4-0 at St Andrews, Thierry Henry scoring his 100th goal for the Gunners. 11. January the 9th, 2010. Danielson is challenged by Everton's Dinia Bilialetinov as heavy snow hits Highbury. The Brazilian midfielder scored in a 2-2 draw. Tomasz Rossiski grabbing a memorable last-minute equaliser. Club Culture AISC, down but not downhearted. Secretary of Arsenal Iranian Supporters Club, Merj Aghani, recently sent us this account of an event held by the AISC. Arsenal fans in Iran gathered to watch our recent Caribou Cup final against Manchester City. Although we lost the game, many Iranian gunners came together and enjoyed the meeting. Along with watching the game, they created customised flags, one of which was handed to a young fan. Despite the defeat, the fans gathered got behind the team and are confident of results improving soon. Gunners and Other Armed Forces Arsenal Armed Forces Supporters Club is open to all serving and former members of the British Armed Forces. The club was formed by SAC Chris Mead to provide access to match tickets, create a bigger social network and to form a committee to get involved with. The club also has aims to raise money for charities and take parts in events alongside Arsenal. In the short time the club has been official, membership has grown to over 50 people and is only getting bigger. The club has members all over Britain and has even reached those serving across the world. To join, please get in touch at arsenalarmedforces at gmail.com. Additionally, everyone is invited to show their support by following at ASC Armed Forces on Twitter. Taking goals to Newcastle. James Capstick and Gary Howard are members of Arsenal Manchester Supporters Club and on April 13 are embarking on a bike ride from Burnley to our away game at Newcastle, a distance of 122 miles. The pair will be raising funds for the Bradley Lowry Foundation and it would be great if fellow fans can show their support by heading to www justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash james dash capstick two best of luck boys for more info please visit www.arsenal.com forward slash supporters clubs forward slash setting dash up dash your dash own dash club
my story. The Arsenal Foundation. The Arsenal Foundation funds a wide range of charities and we've told a lot of stories over the past four seasons. Here are some of the highlights. Deschanel Gordon took part in the Hackney Music Festival. I first got into music through learning to play the piano in church and I found out about the Hackney Music Service through the music department at my school, Mossbourne Community Academy. I really enjoyed performing at the Hackney Music Festival and I was on work experience with the Hackney Music Service at the time so I got to see what happened behind the scenes. Arsenal is doing some amazing work by helping communities hold events like the Hackney Music Festival. It allows people to get involved and enrich their lives through music. It has a lifelong effect. www.hackneymusic.co.uk Mayor Hemingway is a councillor who works with children from the Caris Bereavement Service. We use the arts, play, sand, paints, crayon, clay, puppets and so on, because children's first language is play. They often don't have the words they need to express how they're feeling about someone they love dying, but they can express it and find words through paint or sand or clay. It's very child-led, and I'm here to support children explore difficult feelings and remember the person who has died, in their own time and in their own way, while they're learning to live again. A lot of the boys we see love football, and especially Arsenal. In the case of those who have lost a father, it gives them a real live link to their dad. Arsenal supporting this kind of work normalises counselling. A lot of the children, especially boys, worry, what are my mates going to think? Arsenal support gives it credibility. www.carisislington.org Rita Johnson, 82, enjoys the Finsbury and Clerkenwell Volunteers Lunch and Telephone Clubs. I go to the lunch club once a week and it's fantastic because I have trouble walking and they collect me. Otherwise I wouldn't be able to go. There's a raffle and we also play bingo. The volunteers take really good care of us. They take us on day trips and shopping trips. I take my trolley and my daughter always tells me I buy too much. You've already got a dozen of those. Why buy that? Because it was buy one get one free. It's great Arsenal help local charities like ours. We all know that football clubs and footballers make so much money these days, but people don't always know what they give back as well. www.finsburyvolunteers.org.uk Charlie Lane, 19, talks about her foster mother, Lynn, who gave her a home via fostering and adoption charity, TACT. Lynn has been more of a parent to me than anyone could ever be. She's taught me vital life skills that I couldn't have learnt from anyone else, such as the confidence to talk to people. Living in a loving and supportive long-term home helped me get good exam results and go to university. Lynn gave me the courage to believe in myself and provided me with the motivation and support I needed to do it. I now support her with other foster children that she takes in. My message to foster parents is, keep doing what you're doing. You have the potential to change a child's life for the better forever. www.tactcare.org.uk Are you a local charity that has received funding from the Arsenal Foundation? Have you got a story to tell? Email program at arsenal.co.uk
teams for Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and red and white socks. 4. Per Matasaka. 6. Laurent Koscielny. 7. Henrik Mkhitaryan. 8. Aaron Ramsey. 9. Alexandre Lacazette. 10. Jack Wilshire. 11. Mesut Ozil. 13. David Ospina, goalkeeper. 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. 16. Rob Holding. 17. Alex Iwobi. 18. Nacho Monreal. 19. Santi Carzola. 20. Shkodran Mustafi. 21. Callum Chambers. 23. Danny Welbeck. 24. Hector Bellerin. 27. Konstantinos Mafropanos. 29. Granit Xhaka. 30. Ainsley Maitland-Niles. 31. Siad Kalasinak. 33. Petra Cech, goalkeeper. 35. Mohamed Elneny. 43. Josh Da Silva. 44. Vlad Dragomir. 47. Charlie Gilmore. 50. Dan Ilyev, goalkeeper. 54. Matt Macy, goalkeeper. 61. Rhys Nelson. 62. Eddie Nketiah. 63. Jordi Osetutu. 69. Joe Willock. For Watford, manager Harvey Gracia. Yellow shirts, black shorts and socks. 1. Jurelio Gomez, goalkeeper. 2. Daryl Janmart. 3. Miguel Britos. 4. Hunas Kabul. 5. Sebastian Prodl. 6. Adrian Mariapa. 7. Gerard de Lofoy. 8. Tom Cleverley. 9. Troy Deeney. 11. Richarlison. 12. Didier Ndong. 13. Moller Weig. 14. Nathaniel Chalabar. 15. Craig Cathcart. 16. <sighs> Abdoulaye Ducour. 17. Jerome Sinclair. 18. Andre Gray. 19. Will Hughes. 20. Dodi Lukbekio. 21. Kiko Fermenia. 22. Marvin Ziegler. 25. Jose Horlabas. 27. Christian Cabaselli. 28. Andre Carillo. 29. Etienne Capu. 30. Orestes Canezes, goalkeeper. 31. Tommy Hoban. 33. Stefano Akaka. 35. Daniel Bachmann, goalkeeper. 37. Roberto Pereira. Officials. Referee, Martin Atkinson. Assistant referees, Lee Betts. Constantine Hatsidakis. Fourth official, Christopher Kavanagh. Today's other fixture, Bournemouth versus Tottenham Hotspur at 4pm. The Arsenal Foundation. Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. Hello, this is Arsene Wenger. That brings us to the end of this audio production of the Arsenal Matchday programme. MBNA, official partner of Arsenal. The perfect match. Working together to make good stuff happen for fans. MBNA is a responsible lender. Credit cards issued by MBNA Limited. Credit is available subject to status to UK residents age 18 or over.
switch, save and win. Catch your bells, win Arsenal prizes and do something for the planet. This season we're giving Arsenal fans even more chances to win great prizes with an exciting new competition. Of course, you can still get the same 100% green electricity that powers Emirates Stadium for your home and is less than the price of the average standard tariff from the big suppliers. Sign up today at afc.octopus.energy for more chances to win. Octopus Energy, official energy partner with Arsenal. Switch online now at afc.octopus.energy. Arsenal, always ahead of the game. Red membership 2017 to 18. Membership benefits include priority ticket access, access to ticket exchange, exclusive membership pack, access to unlimited Arsenal video content. Join today from £29. Always ahead of the game.com. Arsenal Stadium Tour. Get closer to the home of football. Includes the FA Cup experience. Audio tours in nine languages. Find out more at arsenal.com forward slash tours. <laughs> 